electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, and I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today's episode is all about tech. Big tech's big quarterly reports. Microsoft disappointing investors and Alphabet's making some changes. It's a recap of earnings and AI with CNBC's Steve Kovac. Sundar Pichai on the call really talking last night about how Bard, their chatbot, is going to kind of superpower search. Because look, this is still a search company. This is still an ad company. And Amazon hasn't reported yet, but it's still making headlines with regulators. What constitutes antitrust and who gets hurt? Not necessarily the customer getting hurt, but it's also these merchants who live on Amazon. Plus, Snap lunges on a weak outlook. How ads and AI add up for social media with founder of big technology, Alex Kantrowitz. If Spiegel has something up his sleeve, he should roll it out now because the market will continue to punish that stock until he does. It's Wednesday, July 26th, 2023. That's the only appetizer you really need. We love them. And Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one. Cue it, please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is on assignment in Los Angeles, and he will join us a little later this morning. U.S. equity futures at this hour. This week, tech giants are reporting their quarterly financials to Wall Street and to Main Street. Tuesday, we heard from Microsoft, Snap, and Google parent Alphabet. Meta reports Wednesday night, and Intel is on Thursday. Next week, Apple and Amazon report. So far, results have been fine, but reaction has been mixed. Alphabet and Microsoft and even Snap reported numbers that beat analyst expectations, but investors aren't necessarily impressed. And it all comes down to AI and to advertising. Here's CNBC's technology correspondent Steve Kovac with the recap. Let's talk about Microsoft, though, because, yeah, shares lower this morning. After that, company failed to provide specifics on when it would start selling its new AI tools on its earnings call last night. Still, company beating on the top and bottom lines for the fourth quarter. Revenue up 8% year on year. Azure cloud growth, though, continues its drastic slowdown. Microsoft reporting 26% growth there. That number was 40% in the year-ago quarter. As for AI, Microsoft front-ran this report with the announcement last week investors were waiting for. Pricing for Copilot, that's that AI feature for apps like Outlook and Microsoft Word, that's going to cost $30 per user per month. But shares started falling after the company declined to give more detail on when it would broadly start selling Copilot outside a limited group of customers who are testing it right now. CFO Amy Hood said on the call the company would see growth from sales of new AI services like Copilot, but said that growth would be gradual. And not just that, it's not going to happen until the second half of the fiscal year. 
translation, that's calendar 2024. That likely means Copilot is not going to go on sale. Joe, I'm sorry, you're not going to get in time for Christmas. Another part of the outlook dragging down shares, hood warning margins for the fiscal year will be flat as the company spends to scale up AI infrastructure. One other notable metric, the collapse in PC demand is improving somewhat, but guys, still likely going to be a while before we see demand for PCs and consumer electronics overall after that spending spree consumers went on during the pandemic, of course. Yeah, I don't. Microsoft is not depending on me uh, for, for anything for no. years, I don't think. Well, Maybe indirectly. Indirectly. At, at work. Indirectly. Yeah. Indirectly. Yeah, for, for uh, work apps. I mean, they get, not, not for you, but they get money from NBC for sure. If a, if a company, I mean, I'm you're, start you're $36 per month for Microsoft. That's what, that's what they're That's that nice business that, that we never really realized that exactly. it, it was like an Hundreds annuity. of millions Hundreds of users, of, and yeah. that's why. And billions you, every, I mean, this co company 10 years ago supposedly was old tech yeah. and, and, is, and miss, so, missed all the new trends and, and it didn't matter. Focusing on the cloud, focusing on AI, and it's look at the stock performance. It's truly paid off. But look, the, the real thing that spooked people last night, little, you know, revenue guidance was a little light in some points, but uh, it's really this idea that they're not going to start selling this AI co-pilot maybe until next year. So, But it's, when you think about the size of the companies that are at times getting a boost from the 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 prospects for AI. Yeah. Do the math and AI has to be a really significant it's gotta be more than just you know cheating on your homework. And, with, and with if Chat they're gonna GPT. charge thirty dollars per month on top of that thirty six dollars I just mentioned, the burden becomes uh, falls on Microsoft, right, to say it's that good to almost pay double per user what you're already paying. Yeah, but the stock is down because it's already run up so much on all the exactly. from Exactly. Oh, AI, just announcing it last like, week was 4% hey, gain. We're looking at the cloud having lower and And margins. deceleration and growth. And look, Satya Nadell on the call was asked, have we bottomed out on that deceleration? He wouldn't really say. But check out, 41% year-to-date gains. That's why. Yeah. You know, it's like... A, Show me the money now, but, after and, all the huge runs that they've shown. And on a forward on, so. PE basis, all these Magnificent Seven we keep talking about have just gotten super expensive. So there's They're a lot of pressure on it. percent now, which is a lot less than it had been down yeah. earlier. 2.6 trillion. Yeah, I mean, it's real. Not a small company. No, amazing. Top, top two? Top two. The other one, Apple, maybe you've heard of them. Yeah. Let's talk about Alphabet, though, too. They had some news last night. Earnings and revenue beating expectations. You had the second quarter revenue up by 7% to $74.6 billion. YouTube ad revenue came in at $7.7 billion, and that was up 4.4% year over year. Separately, the company said that the CFO, Ruth Peratt, would step down to take a new role as president and chief investment officer. She's going to be overseeing Alphabet's investments across the board, including infrastructure, real estate, data centers, and efforts to expand in India. But really, it's, it's the advertising and the search built around advertising that is still the huge driver for this company with all the other stuff. That exactly. And, and, and Sundar Pichai on the call really talking last night about how Bard, their chatbot, is going to kind of superpower search. Because, look, this is still a search company. This is still an ad company. Ruth Porat stepping down from this role. She was the architect of this whole alphabet structure that they've come into. Never really... You know, n nothing has really spun out of there that's been a huge success. Uh, it's still very much the Google search company and YouTube. Of course, YouTube is still performing okay. How much of a threat are they facing from Bing at this point? I mean, question. Next to nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what the stock seems to I, be. I think Bing revenue was up like 8% or something like that uh, for Microsoft. But it's just so infinitesimal. Microsoft will say, oh, we're gaining market share. It's maybe, what, a hundredth 
of a percentage point market share. So they're not, you know, the idea was early in the year, okay, this Bing chatbot is going to just slurp away tons of market share from Google. It hasn't happened yet, and it might never happen. And Google's really going to protect the, that moat with their own chatbot, of course. Other big news is the FTC is finalizing its long-awaited antitrust lawsuit against Amazon. That is according to a political report that said that the suit could be unveiled as soon as August and would likely challenge a range of Amazon's business practices. The potential claims could echo existing cases from state attorneys general, which center on Amazon's rules for third-party retailers to offer their lowest prices on its platform. Other potential targets are Amazon's prime service and requirements for merchants to use Amazon's logistics and advertising service. Separately, a UK regulator says that Amazon has offered to make concessions to address competition concerns related to third-party sellers. That stock right now off by about one and three quarters percent. And Steve, we knew the FTC was looking into oh, this, yeah. but I didn't realize a lot of the details until I was reading through the Politico report last night. Just how extensive this is, how much this is, how important this is to Lena Khan. She had written that 2017 paper. That's why she has the job she has now. Saying, because saying of that, that paper. Amazon needs to be split up. Yeah, and, and look, Amazon, because of that paper, has tried to get her to recuse herself. She has not done that. And look, this actually, this investigation started under the Trump administration, under Khan's predecessor. And she kind of, again, she's very focused on Amazon. She kind of refocused that effort on this. Look, August is next week, so we could be getting this uh, lawsuit as soon as next week. Uh, DOJ has already sued Google. We're expecting the DOJ to go after Apple, uh, mostly on the App Store marketplace. So this is just another one. And look, Lena Khan, we know she has that losing track record going after this. Microsoft is the biggest uh, high-profile case, of course. But, uh, you know, this is going to last way longer than her tenure, too. These things take years to work their ways through. And Amazon has a lot of money. They're highly motivated to uh, fight this all the but way through. But when you start talking about how it takes years and it will last longer than Lena Khan will be at the FTC. Absolutely. Um, that, that's a drag on the company. You remember what happened to Microsoft. Bill Gates has said because of the antitrust stuff that they were dealing with, all of that. They missed mobile. It's, it's why they yeah. miss mobile and why they miss so many other things that are there. It's that's a heavy lift. It's possible. The government company yeah, it. and it's possible. And again, this is just another uh, test of the Khan and uh, Jonathan Cantor theory of, you know, what constitutes antitrust and who gets hurt is that the, not necessarily the customer getting hurt, but it's also these merchants who live on Amazon and, and basically, you know, their entire destiny is tied to being part of the Amazon platform and subject to those rules. So they're trying to level the playing field for everyone there. One interesting thing that, you know, it seems like they're going to be going after is this idea, if you're a third party seller, and you want to uh, you know, sell through the Prime program, two-day shipping and so forth, if you don't uh, use their logistics network and use their shipping, then you don't show up as high in search results. They're going to reverse that again because of all the scrutiny around it. But that's just one example of many things they, they could potentially go after. Steve, thank you. Sure. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, more tech. Big technology founder Alex Kantrowitz on Snap's stock plunge and on the future of Twitter, or as it's newly rebranded, X. Right now, there's no doubt about it that culture is fracturing off of Twitter. Not only that, they have a monetization issue. Plus a snack, one that smiles back. You know what Julia Child used to serve as? Goldfish crackers? Yeah. Stick around for a little bit more of Squawk Pod. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. 
or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod, where we're covering all things tech today. I know, I know, more tech. But this is a biggie. Snap plunged around 19% after reporting its second quarter financials. The parent company of social media platform Snapchat actually reported better than expected quarterly numbers. The number of global daily active users grew by more than expected. But the forecast for next quarter came in below expectations. And, well, it's a tough day if Snap is in your portfolio. In focus here, advertising. In previous quarters, Snap has been a kind of indicator for ad revenues in the rest of the social media tech players. But our next guest says, not this quarter. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin kicking off our next tech conversation. We should talk about another mover, Snap, uh, based here in Los Angeles. Shares getting hammered in the pre-market this morning. The company gave third quarter sales guidance, mostly below estimates. Analysts have been waiting for Snap's results to help them really try to determine if the digital ad market is recovering on the conference call. A snap claimed, quote, active advertisers were up more than 20 percent year over year to a record high number. Joining us right now to talk all about it is Alex Kantrowitz. He's the founder of Big Technology and a CNBC contributor. How much do you take away from all of this, Alex? Well, I don't think you can read through to the rest of the ad market, to be honest. I mean, Snap has its own problems. This company is uh, targeting mostly younger people. So you can't say this is what's going on with the entire market. Not only that, it's advertising technology just lags behind industry leaders like Meta and Alphabet. And in that battle, advertisers are moving to the companies that they know can show them results. That's the big two. And maybe Amazon in some cases. It's definitely not Snapchat. And is the issue just just scale or is the issue engagement? I must tell you, um, we talk about our children, everyone on our show, we all talk about our children all the time. My kids are engaged almost too much. The, the issue is advertising technology. So here's what's, what advertisers are looking at, right? They are being asked by their higher-ups to show results. Every dollar that I spend has to end up making another dollar for me or even more, you know, when you add up the results at the end of the day. Snapchat's not doing that. Facebook and Google, very easy to measure, very easy to target, very easy to optimize. The advertising technology inside Snapchat is not that good. In fact, the company talked about how it's having issues with its ad systems during earnings. I think that's exactly the point that we need to look at. You know, all, everything else, scale, you know, if, if Snapchat worked, they'd be getting money. They have 397 million daily active users. That's big, but the advertising technology just isn't there, and that's why they're falling so behind. So is, is that a CapEx issue, meaning in terms of engineering talent and additional spend to get, to get that tech to the right place, or are you just saying that they are, they are so woefully behind it, it's a lost cause? What are, what are you suggesting? I think it's probably a leadership issue. I mean, you can spend your way around these uh, moments, but if your leadership doesn't care enough about advertising technology, then you're just going to end up in a situation where you're behind. Think about Facebook, right? 
Mark Zuckerberg didn't know advertising, but he prioritized it. He brought in the leaders to build that system. They built it. It works very well. And it made the transition to mobile when it needed to. Snapchat, it's more of a creative company. You know, thinking of the old school advertising that put an AR mask on and that's going to get you where, it needs, where you need to go. You know, th this is a very technical business at this point. And if you don't put that as priority number one and say, we are going to create a system that whatever Apple throws at us or whatever the rest of the web throws at us, we're going to make sure that we can show advertisers that we have the results for them, then you're ultimately just going to look like an also rank compared to Facebook and Google. And when but advertisers are making their decision, do I go to you know, right. bucket A or bucket B? They're, all the money's going to bucket A. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the long-term bet is, though, because Evan Spiegel is a very talented and smart guy. He cares. About, I would think that he would care about this stuff after a call like this and the numbers that you're talking about. You would think there would be a pivot towards this technology if, in fact, you think this is ultimately the issue. Right. I mean, I think some people, they just don't have, they, they don't have the executive leadership skills uh, that, that bring them to the point where they're going to make that happen. I mean, has Spiegel shown that uh, to us at this point? I don't, I don't think he has. So, look, one of the nice things about scale, 397 million users, they're going to get as many cracks at this as they need as long as those users are there, right? They have the users. The thing is, they have to deliver. They haven't yet. So if Spiegel has something up his sleeve, he should roll it out now because the market will continue to punish that stock until he does. Uh, when you think about Snap, you know, for, for a very long time, it was considered, people thought, would it be independent? Would it ultimately get taken over? When you sort of look at the social media map right now, where does Snap land in it relative to, and by the way, now, you know, Twitter, I don't know where you put Twitter in this context. So Snap is definitely an application for young people. The reason why it's so sticky and the reason why it's growing users is because it's messaging. The other side of this advertising question is, you know, if you're trying to monetize messaging, that's a lot more difficult than media. They've tried to shoehorn media in there, but they really have just lasted as a messaging app. Now, Twitter is its entire <laughs> different situation. That company is a mess. Obviously, it has challenges from Facebook with threads and Blue Sky and Mastodon and notes from Substack, so the list goes on. Um, and, and ultimately, the challenge for Twitter is that people might end up going to so many diffuse different sources, they're going to forget why they went to Twitter in the first place, and that could potentially lead to problems down the road for that company in terms of usage and monetization. Alex, can I just ask you a question about that? Because everybody says it's, it, it's a mess and they complain about Twitter and this and that, and yet it, it seems to me that everybody's still on Twitter. People are using it. I don't know if they, they, they might dislike it. I don't know if they like it. They don't like it. It seems to be still working. Is it, is it more fractured in that some people are playing on threads? I've played on threads. Other people have played on these different services. But, you know, and I don't know if you believe the numbers uh, that Twitter puts out, but they say that their numbers are higher than ever. Well, there are reports that dispute that. And ultimately, look, Andrew, we both know there's an intangible value to Twitter, right? It's not, it's not just usage. It's the fact that there's culture there. And right now, there's no doubt about it that culture is fracturing off of Twitter. Not only that, they have a monetization issue, right? Their advertising uh, revenue is, is going down because they fired a bunch of salespeople. And those salespeople aren't making calls into advertisers. And again, that money that was going to go to Twitter is right. now going to Facebook and Google as well. So less cultural cachet, less money. I mean, is that a long-term bet? I don't really think so. Well, you don't have to bet on it because it's private. Because it's private. Yeah. And it's Elon's problem. And he doesn't have a problem with that. So. It can spill over to the other companies, though. Well, that yeah, I'm holding my breath. I've yeah. heard that for how long? That's as true. Te as Tesla's gone. To, Good point. Yeah.
Here are the rest of the headlines that caught our ear this morning with Joe Kernan and Becky Quick. Check out shares of retailer Gap. A Wall Street Journal report says that the company has appointed a former Mattel executive who revived the Barbie brand as its new CEO. This is Richard Dixon. He was the president and chief operating officer at Toymaker Mattel. He is taking over as Gap's next executive, and they say that he is somebody who really knows how to breathe life into a brand. He does have retail experience. He started his career at Bloomingdale's and later spent several years at the owner of Nine West. And on a totally unrelated note, Campbell's Soup says it's investing $160 million in a Utah plant to boost goldfish cracker manufacturing because of consumer demand. You know what Julia Child used to serve as? I think it was Goldfish her. crackers? Yeah, that's the only appetizer you really need. We love them. Have you tried we, the big ones? The, Jalapeno the big, flake? I don't like those. I like the little regular ones. I like but we the, have big boxes of them. Yeah, we use those. So we go through them like... Uh, I don't like the flavor blaster like either. Like water. But I like the original. Oh, I like the flavor blaster. The original. My taste buds still work. <laughs> <laughs> the company says that the new line will produce 5 million goldfish an hour or 15,000... <laughs> Every second. Okay, we did the math. Wow, another 15,000 just for me. 1,500. That's the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow Squawk Pod wherever you're listening now and come back tomorrow for a recap of Meta's earnings. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern to catch them live. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.